From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And away we go. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Is it possible that a blueprint from ancient times holds the secret of our times? Is it possible that this mystery lies behind current events? The rise and fall of leaders, governments, and global happenings. Could events that transpired almost 3,000 years ago be determining the news of modern times and with it the issues of our lives? Could the people who lived in this ancient template match up with and hold the mystery behind the leaders of our day and who rises to power and who does not? Is it possible that this ancient paradigm has determined and is determining the timing of current events and in some cases even down to the exact dates? Could a mystery from the ancient Middle East have foretold the course of current events more accurately than any pole or pundit? And what does this ancient paradigm say and portend about what is yet to come, our future? Could it even contain a warning critical for this hour and crucial for all to hear? This amazing story is laid out in shocking and amazing detail in The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times by New York Times best-selling author Jonathan Kahn. And he joins us tonight and for the full two hours. He's standing by and will join us momentarily. First, as per usual, let me introduce the boys in the band on the Gibson Flying V guitar. Ian Robertson, our fine rockabilly friend, on the Rickenbacker bass guitar and occasionally the theremin, story producer Albert Venzel, and on the Hammond B3, our good friend Ryan White. Uh, my little guys are also here someplace. You may hear them on the air at some point. They're running around, keeping busy, I'm sure. Uh, now, just ahead of Jonathan Kahn, it's time for our weekly remote viewing experiment, What's in the Box? Remember to tweet your answers to me, at Richard Serrett, at Richard Serrett, S-Y, because I love you, R-E-T-T. You must use the hashtag, T-C-S, remote and here are your coordinates, remote viewers. The object is hidden from view in the cigar box to my left, resting on the desk here in studio at Zoomerplex, 70 Jefferson Avenue, in the Liberty Village neighborhood of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All right. Now, please, do not guess. Allow the object to form in your mind. Let its shape and size and color and texture form in your mind. And again, tweet your answers to me at Richard Serrett. Use the hashtag TCS Remote. We'll do the big reveal at the uh, bottom of this hour. And uh, to the remote viewer or viewers who correctly identify what's in the box, a copy of my collection of Strange Planet, Volume T, uh, 2, on CD. Remember CDs, Ian? Yes, yeah, it's old technology. It could be worth You still have yours? Good for you. It could be worse. I could be sending you uh, my collection on 8-track tape. 
but <laughs> CDs will have to do. If you could see uh, uh, Albert here in studio, his eyes are closed in deep meditation. He's, uh, he's in full remote viewing mode. All right, good luck to you all. Uh, we are about to begin a journey of nearly 3,000 years from a, an arid Middle Eastern landscape to American soil, from ancient palaces to the White House, from ruthless kings and queens to mysterious priests and priestesses, secrets and scandals, idols and gods, prophets and holy men, signs, portends, uh, wonders and harbingers. Each of these things holds a mystery that has determined our world and touched our lives. Jonathan Kahn's earth-shattering book, The Harbinger, became an instant New York Times bestseller and brought him to international prominence, followed by two more bestsellers, The Mystery of the Shemitah and The Book of Mysteries. Long before these books, he was known for opening the deep mysteries of Scripture and bringing forth messages of prophetic import. He leads Hope of the World Ministry, an international outreach of teaching, evangelism, and compassion projects for the needy. He also leads the Jerusalem Center Beth Israel, a worship center made of Jews, Gentiles, and people of all backgrounds, just outside New York City in Wayne, New Jersey. He's a much sought-after speaker and has been called the prophetic voice of our generation. He's spoken at the United Nations, on Capitol Hill, and to millions of people around the world. He's a good friend of the program, and I'm honored to call him my friend also. Jonathan, welcome. How are you? Great to be with you. Always, always a joy uh, to be with you, Rich. Um, good, good. I mean, I uh, have some crazy things that happen every time a book releases. Every single time I've released a book, something crazy happens. Uh, with Harbinger, it was Hurricane Irene swept through four feet of water in our building. We were, had no building for months. Uh, the mystery of the Shvita. The, the, the moment of the release, I'm rushed to the to the emergency room, paralyzed for a week. I remember that mysterious yeah. illness, and then it vanishes. Well, with a, I already told people, listen, get praying for this one, the paradigm. Paradigm. The day of the release, I have intense pain, rushed to the hospital. My uh, appendix ruptured, uh, surgery, emergency canceled, all interviews as well. And so that's that's how that was. That was just a few weeks ago. But you know, the good news is that I mean, I'm I'm doing great. Um, but the, apparently, you know, the book didn't need me. <laughs> because it made it to the top ten uh, New York Times with Hillary Clinton's book, so it doesn't need me. That's a good thing. Well, somebody downstairs is trying uh, his, exactly. his darndest to keep you uh, from getting this word out, but uh, exactly. we, we've all seen the movie. We know how it ends, and it's yes. the good guys who win. Absolutely. So. Yes. Well, we should also mention very quickly, and we'll mention this again later, but you are coming to our fair city here in Toronto yes. uh, on a number of uh, speaking yes. engagements. and. Yes. Um, now, some of these uh, are open to the public and some are not so much, but let me just give the... Uh, the sure. There's Thanks. a big sure. one, Saturday night, November the 18th, from 7 to 9 p.m. at the City of David Messianic Synagogue. I, th- I think actually it's... Oh, are, is, it at this, is it at that place or it's... Okay, or is it 200... Okay, I wasn't sure if they had it there or they're having it somewhere else. Well, but. it's uh, 200 Racco okay. Parkway in Thornhill, yes. which is up that's, in my neck of the woods. Okay. And that's the one hosted by Rabbi Jeff Foreman, right? Yeah. And Rosh Pinnah? Yeah. There yes. we go. So again, that's Saturday night, November 18th, 7 to 9 p.m. at the City of David Messianic Synagogue, 200 Racco uh, Parkway in Thornhill. Yeah, and I think the and I appreciate you doing that, Rich. I've never been. To, I haven't been to Canada since uh, Expo '67 when I was a little kid. Well, that was Montreal. Uh, that was Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Montreal. I've never been to Toronto. Um, and then the, I think the other public ones will be Wednesday, uh, November 17th, at the Church on the Queensway, 7 p.m. And then the other one is the Miracle Family Temple on on Sunday, 
uh, the morning and night. But I, I'll probably post it somewhere, you know. Okay, so yeah, Wednesday the 15th at the yeah. Church on the Queensway. That's Wednesday night, the 15th of November. And yeah. then Sunday the 19th, the Miracle Family Temple. That's Sunday afternoon at 3.15 p.m. Yeah, there's okay. a morning and there's a night, and they're kind of connected to the All place. Right. But, yeah, thanks. I look forward to being there. This is your neck, uh, you know, of the woods. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, the um, i, I got to ask you about, you know, you do so well in the New York Times uh, bestseller uh, list. And i got to be honest with you. I'm, I mean, your books sell, there's no question. But that the New York Times would admit it, to me, I guess, is a big mystery. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, well, you know, and, and there are... You know, there is editorializing in that list because they don't do it by straight numbers. And so uh, the last few times there was kind of a fight about saying it wasn't going to be on this list or they're not going to put it on this list and not put it on this list. You know, I'm not judging the motives, but I've heard, you know, th- but that's what happened. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, I, I mean, thank God they did it. You know, I, I've, I've always ended up on the list, even when there's been a fight about the thing. But then, you know, the numbers put it there, you know. Um, but sure, they again, can't there ignore are, there it. Are so, there are some books that have numbers that don't get there. So, exactly. you know, uh, yeah. it's been a fight at different times. Well, this is just a testament, no pun intended, to the appeal of your work. The numbers are so big that they simply can't deny it. And for them to deny it, they would just look foolish. So, here we have the paradigm. Well, let's define some terms. What do we mean by paradigm? Yeah, sure. Yeah, paradigm, a lot, of, a lot of people use that word, Richard, and a lot of people don't know what it means. You know, paradigm is a pattern or an archetype, a model, um, a, it could be a foreshadow of something that is to come. And so the, God, in the Bible, you know, there are paradigms all over the place. God uses uh, paradigms, symbolic paradigms, prophetic paradigms, symbols, you know, sacrifices, holy days, even foreshadows, you know, people who foreshadow other people. And, and in fact, it says in Corinthians, it says, you know, uh, Paul writes, he says that these things happened in Israel's history as examples for us. Well, the word example in the Greek is tupos, or type, which also means paradigm. So, the, the, in other words, what's in the Bible, what happened to Israel relates to everybody and everything in some way. God uses it. And the paradigm, the, the paradigm itself, is, you know, you gave a great intro before, but it's, it's, it's imagine they discovered a, a master blueprint that lies behind everything, lies behind what's happening now, from ancient times, from the Bible, from, from almost 3,000 years ago, yet it's coming true now, yet, it, you know, it's, it's detailed, it's precise, it, it's what is happening, the events of our lifetime, also the timing of those events down to the years, and in some cases the month, the week, in some cases the exact date, in some cases the hour of when these things have to happen, all in this ancient paradigm, even the people of our day, you know, the leaders on the national stage, that imagine that if behind each of these, these key leaders, there is an ancient leader, a prototype leader, and this, the modern leader, is following in the footsteps of that ancient leader, and the ancient leader even gives the time that the modern leader is, all, is allotted to on the world stage. So it's, it's eerily, you know, in many ways it's like the, power, the, the harbinger in that you have an ancient mystery that is unfolding, replaying now. Uh, but the difference is, and it's, they're actually linked together, but the difference is that, you know, the harbinger is, is showing the signs of warning that, that from ancient Israel that are happening now. But the, the, the paradigm is, is, is saying, like, everything else is, we're, we're in, it's almost like we're inside a harbinger. Everything that we're experiencing is part of this ancient mystery. Right. It, you know, it, it, it reminds me, and you point out that the 
circumstances, let's say we're talking about individuals, for example, a king, and the way that he uh, rises to power or leaves power doesn't isn't an exact, you know, it's not a mirror image of what happens in modern times to a particular politician. Uh, it, it reminds me of that old Mark Twain saying that uh, history doesn't always repeat itself, but sometimes it rhymes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, and, and it's, you know, it's, cause, you know, people have been saying that, you know, there, there's a scripture that in Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun, things happening. Um, and yet, it's not only, yeah, it's not only that it's, it's kind of replaying in a modern form or a modern pattern, but it's, 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 there's something, I mean, I, I know you, you, you've been, you know, you've been reading it. It's beyond natural because when it, when it, you know, comes together, when it coalesces, it, it's so, it gets so exact or so eerie in, in these key things, again, to give exact dates. Or, or even in some cases, it, the, the ancient paradigm gives the parameters of the name of the modern leader on the world stage. So it's, it's, I mean, it's eerie, and I believe this is, I believe, I mean, it's more than natural. It's, I believe this is the hand of God, just like with the Harbinger, that things are replay, and because there's a message, it's kind of, it's telling you not just what has happened and what is happening and where we're heading, but also it's, it's kind of giving God's commentary on it. Like what, what does this mean? Where are we? You know, what is the value of this? Where are we heading? What's the warning? Because there's a warning there as too. There's an encouragement, but there's a warning concerning the future. So, you know, and, and think about it, Richard. You know, you know, throughout the Bible, God does this. He gives, he gives foreshadows. And the foreshadows, as you just said, it's, it's not that everything that was in the original happens the same exact way in the modern. Then it would be the, it would be the same thing. But for instance, you know, paradigms of the Passover lamb. Well, it doesn't, you know, it's talking ultimately about the Messiah is going to come as a lamb, a sacrificed lamb. It doesn't mean it's going to have wool. It doesn't mean it, many things, but it means that at key points it's going to be linked together. And so God uses this all the time. But that same, the same God of the Bible is not, is still alive. And he's still in charge. He's still in control of everything, meaning the United States, meaning Canada meaning the world, what we're living through right now. Jonathan Kahn, The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times. When we come back, we'll head to the northern kingdom of Israel, King Ahab, Queen Jezebel, and what are the antitypes who exist today. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay right with us. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Jonathan Kahn is with us. The paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times. Before I forget, just want to send out a hello to a faithful listener, a big fan of his program, and even a bigger fan of Jonathan Kahn. And uh, that would be Rocco, uh, who owns the Italian bakery up in Barrie, Ontario. So, Rocky, uh, thanks for listening to the program, and uh, we appreciate your support. Uh, also, I want to mention Jonathan Kahn again coming to Toronto. We mentioned a couple dates, but I want to give you more details about uh, Wednesday, November the 15th here in Toronto from 7 to 10 p.m. Wednesday, November 15th, 7 to 10 p.m., Church on the Queensway. That's 1536 the Queensway here in Toronto. And uh, what you need to do if you want to register for tickets, you need to go to eventbrite.com eventbrite.com and I mean the link is too long to give it to you over the air just just type in Jonathan Kahn or Rabbi Jonathan Kahn Kahn C-A-H-N and uh, you can uh, you can order your uh, your tickets um, that, that way it's a free event okay they'll be uh, they'll be taking up an offering it's a free event but you need to register to get in because obviously space is limited we'll give you some of the other dates as uh, as the uh, the program progresses all right jonathan i wanted to uh, uh take a for instance and uh northern israel 
the kingdom of northern Israel. At this time, of course, the Holy Land is divided. You have Israel and Samaria in the north, and you have Judea in the south. Um, what set the scene for us in terms of what's going on uh, in in the northern kingdom? We have King Ahab and, and uh, Queen Jezebel. Explain a little bit about who they are and what's going on in the kingdom at this point. Yeah, the 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 big stage setting the big stage here. The, the, it's it's the same. Now this is the same setting as in the Harbinger. You know that it's the Northern Kingdom again. This is a, a civilization that knew God was founded by God, founded on His ways, but then turned away from Him, and so enters a time of apostasy. Starts driving Him out of its government, out of its culture, out of its out of its public life. Um, it begins to call evil good and good evil. Begins to. Um, offer up its children as sacrifices. Begins to to uh, to serve other gods and idolatry and materialism and immorality and you know it starts persecuting those who are still following God. So you have a a civilization in apostasy. And the first thing, the the big picture, and then it's going to get very specific. That's the the big picture is this falling away, this metamorphosis, this thing, this 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 civilization that's changing. Well, is so with America and so with the Western world. You know that the foundation of Western civilization has been, you know, you have the gospel, you have a biblical foundation. And what we have been witnessing in the last, you know, century, I mean, you know, say mid-century on very clearly, very brazenly, in America and in the West, is a is a massive falling away from those foundations. The driving of God out of the public square, the, the calling good evil and evil good, the, the you know, all things, the, the even the offering of children, you know, in, in, you know, they say, well, how can you compare what happened with, they offered it to Idols. Well, yeah, they offered thousands. We've offered millions of unborn children. So, so we're we're replaying that big scene, that that the the overall setup. But it's, it's now it's going to get very very specific, and that is that they start worshiping a god called Baal or Baal, and Baal is the god of materialism, prosperity, but also sexual immorality, and also obviously the offering up of children. They did that to Baal. The Bible says it. And so, but what happens is. It reaches, this apostasy reaches a stage where suddenly it accelerates, and it deepens. And it deepens because of the rise of leaders who come to the throne, who are going to actually, they're going to be a catalyst for this thing, and they're going to, suddenly the, the kind of anti-biblical morality is going to prevail over the biblical morality. It's going to be endorsed from the throne. And you're going to have, literally, you're going to have a culture war happening. Well, it, the, the same thing is going to happen in America, and it's going to touch the rest of the world. I know many people are listening from Canada today, but it's going to touch everybody. And what happens is, about about a quarter century ago, you have a culture war in America, and it's linked to the rise of a of a certain leader. Now, in the Bible, the leader, and this is the first the first kind of paradigm of a leader here, uh, is he's called the king in the book, and he is Ahab or Ahab. Ahab is a man who he was raised. Actually, he he knows the culture, he knows of God, he knows of the ways of God, but he is he champions values that go against God. He's a divided man. He's he's an apostasy. He wavers back and forth. He's an emotional man, and he's the first king of Israel to pioneer things that have never been pioneered from the throne, meaning the worship of Baal. Meaning that means child sacrifice. That means sexual immorality. In other that words, to give these yeah. things royal sanction, they'd been they yes. these, these, the worship of Baal and the sacrificing and. The, the the sexual depravity yes. in the temples had been going on in the shadows yes. for a long time, but now it has become so normalized, it's part of the culture. 
Yeah, exactly. What was in the shadows comes out, and that's exactly it. Now it becomes, now it, he, uh, Ahab allies the state to these things. And so it begins a, actually a war or a culture war and a persecution. Well, could there be a modern leader that follows this pattern? Well, well, if you go back about, you know, about a quarter century, you have this thing called the culture war, early 90s, and with that is the rise of a leader who's associated with the culture war, and his name is, of course, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton is going to follow the, and, and listen, let me say before I say anything, else. It's not about the people. We, we need to, you know, we have no enemies. We pray. The only thing we, we, we love and we pray for all people, but we've got to recognize what's happening. So he is going to follow the paradigm of Ahab, and what's going to happen is he's also a man who was raised knowing about God, raised in the Bible Belt, but he's going to champion values that go against the Bible. Most notably, he's the first president in American history, in, in really in the West, who champions abortion, which, which in the ancient time is linked with child sacrifice. He, ch- he champions the redefining of, rea- of, of morality. He even says it. We are redefining the, the, the unchangeable ideals. He, we, he says we're, we're changing morality. Right. And like things like late term. wavers back and forth, emotional and all that. Right. And, and in the book, there's a chapter in the paradigm, there's a chapter called The Days of the King. The question is, when did Bill Clinton come on the national stage or the world stage? Well, the answer is it was 1979 when he was elected governor of Arkansas. That was his first major thing, and he, he went from governor basically to president. So that was 1979. When did his time end? It was two, the, January 2001. So you put it together, you got 22 years of Bill Clinton, 22 years. If you open up the Bible, you open up to 1 Kings 16, it says, and Ahab ruled in Samaria for a period of 22 years. The same period, the, the days of Bill Clinton will follow the days of Ahab down to the year. Remarkable. Uh, and, it's gonna, and, and, and Richard, it's going to be with every single, it's going to be like every single leader. That's, that's what we're going to see. It's eerie. But you know, he wasn't alone. You know, as we know, Ahab was not alone. There was another with him. And again, it's not about the people or their motives, but it's about the signs. Her name was Isabel, and we know her as Jezebel. Right. And she grows up in Phoenicia, outside of it, and she, she's the daughter of the priest of Astarte. This is a, a goddess. So she grows up with goddess worship. She has cosmopolitan values. It's a different culture than, than Israel. She venerates female power. She, she goes to, she moves to the land of the king, which is more conservative, but she never adopts the, the values of Ahab's land or, or of Israel. And she refuses to. She sees traditional values as something to be overturned or warred against, or she incites her husband to go with it. She, she, she sees the religious beliefs of Israel, those who are faithful, as something she's got to change. And they actually have a co-regency. It's the only one in Israel's history where it's not just the king, it's king and queen. They're both ruling. And she becomes, Jezebel becomes the primary champion of child sacrifice. Well, what does this correspond to? I mean, you don't think it's, it's going to be Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is going to follow the pattern or the paradigm of Jezebel. And it's not saying she knows what she's doing or this is conscious, but she's going to follow it. Number one, she, she grows up in a cosmopolitan culture. That's Chicago. Right. She, she venerates female power. You know, you know, and she, obviously, she's radically feminist. She will, she will actually move to the Bible Belt to, to marry her husband as Jezebel moved to Israel, but she's never going to accept the, the beliefs of that. And she's going to see traditional values again and again as something to be warred against. She's actually going to make a statement. I mean, it's an amazing statement. She says, deep-seated religious beliefs have to be changed. She's the only candidate, major candidate in, in American history or Western history, whoever would make something like that. She will be, as Jezebel was the primary uh, champion of Baal worship or child sacrifice, 
Hillary Clinton will become the primary champion of abortion, and and it's not that's not opinion. Planned Parenthood actually voted her the champion abortion champion of the century. Right, and her her health care plan, Hillary Care, which went down in flames. Yes. Part of that was tax funded abortion, uh, and also under her uh, under President Clinton, he vetoed. Late term, a ban on late term abortion, not once but twice. So yeah, absolutely, sort of and, and that is, and you know, and it, it seems kind of, it seems like that. Like, how could they even do that? And partial birth abortion, vetoed it when when the Congress passed it. I mean, partial birth abortion. But then again, when you look in the ancient paradigm, you know what was happening on the altars of Baal was horrific. I mean, really, you know, really horrific. And so was this horrific too. And so under this, the Clinton years, it becomes abortion becomes championed by the state. And actually, you actually have a new phenomenon. You have Christians being arrested, put in jail for praying, you know, on the grass of abortion clinics and all this. Well, that's exa- you know, you, you just mentioned Hillary Care, which is basically forced, you know, forced participation in abortion. Well, that's exactly what Jezebel did. But it's going to get even more eerie. And there, there's a there's a chapter in the book called The Goddess. Right. Now, Jezebel, you know, she worshipped the, the Phoenician gods. She worshipped Baal and these goddesses. And it says in the Bible that she actually brought the worship, these, these, these priests of the goddesses into the throne, into the palace. Now, the worship that they, they partook of, which Jezebel told, it involved uh, conjuring of spirits, involved speaking to familiar spirits. We know it from a number, a number of reasons. Um, and, you know, and, and basically a kind of channeling of spirits. And so we, we have that. Now, could this, Possibly have a modern fulfillment. I would seem crazy that it could. I mean, I mean, you know, it, I mean, how could you have it? it? Would mean that in some way you've got this pagan worship being brought to the White House? Well, it happened. And what happened was, and this is this is the chapter called the Goddess. And what what people don't realize when the Clintons lost uh, lost uh, politically, they they called for counselors, but not biblical counselors. They called for New Age counselors. They had a meeting at Camp David, and then that of, of New Age counselors, and and two of them were called priestesses. And one of them, uh, the first lady, Hillary Clinton, as in the paradigm, Jezebel brings priestesses to the palace. She brings them to the White House. And in the White House, they have sessions. And the sessions that they have are literally, are literally channeling the dead, um, speaking to the dead, conjuring spirits. And, and the woman who's overseeing them, I mean, this wasn't just meetings, these were sessions. Um, she actually had the first lady, Hillary Clinton, channel a dead person. And they, you know, this actually leaked in the news and they tried to cover it up. They said, well, it's just brainstorming. It wasn't brainstorming. The, the one, the woman whose name was Jean Houston, who was called the high priestess of, in the new age of the God, wrote a book at the time all about endorsing God. Goddess worship, and she actually, when she was in the White House, she had a medallion on her chest, which was of an ancient goddess. And in her book, she describes the sessions that she leads, and it's called. She says, "You're talking to the gods, and talking to the goddesses, and talking to the dead." And that's what happened in the White House. And in the in the book, she actually mentions the land of Phoenicia, which is Jezebel's land, and she mentions the goddess Astarte or Ashtoreth, who was the goddess of Jezebel. You know. The Bible condemns. Right. So you have all this happening, and I'm not saying that Hillary Clinton knew what she was doing, but nevertheless, it all took place in the White House. Jonathan, you mentioned that Hillary Clinton was was uh, taking part in this, and that she channeled someone. Was it was it the, the supposedly the spirit of Eleanor Roosevelt? Yes, it, yes, it was. That yes, it was, and that and Richard, that's how it that's how it came out in the, into the press, and they said, and so they started saying the big thing. 
seances in the White House, and then sh- and then they all, of course, denied it and said, no, no, it was just brain. That's not brainstorming. Brainstorming is when you you throw out ideas. She was literally speaking as a dead a dead first lady, absolutely. And and it was it was part of these sessions. And I actually had to get the book. I mean, I didn't want to get the book. Got the book that this woman wrote at the time, and she describes all these things. This was the same thing, the same practices of Jezebel's worship. You also quote a, um, a radical feminist in, in in your book, The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times, uh, talking about uh, abortion as yes. being a sacrifice to yes. the goddess Astarte. Well, well, yeah, the same people don't realize this, you know, because the connection, I mean, is very deep and, and meaning that what modern abortion, the key radical abortionists have, have, have all these statements. It's in, it's, it's in, um, I think it's the chapter on the days of the gods. And, and in it, there are these amazing quotes where these people who are famous radical, you know, leading abortion, they say abortion is a sacrament. It's a holy thing. It's a sacred thing. And one of them says, we're, it's not a, it's not an immorality. It's a pagan morality. And we are offering up sacrifices. The abortion is a sacrifice to the ancient goddesses. And you, you have this throughout. And so there's a real spiritual thing going on, and we are replaying it. And I mean literally replaying it. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about the nemesis. Jonathan Kahn, The Paradigm, The Ancient Blueprint That Holds the Mystery of Our Times, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. And welcome back. We will get back to our conversation with Jonathan Kahn. The book is The Paradigm, The Ancient Blueprint That Holds the Mystery of Our Times. It's a time for our big reveal and our weekly remote viewing experiment, What's in the Box? And uh, let us go around the horn here quickly. Uh, let's begin with our rockabilly friend, Ian Robertson. Ian, what are you seeing? What's in the box? Um, at the beginning of the show, when you mentioned it, I was going to say glasses box, like a container, but I think that's because we were both wearing our glasses at the moment. Oh, like a, uh, yeah. a case for a pair yeah. of glasses? I looked oh. over and I thought, uh, glasses. All right. But I don't know now, maybe uh, uh, a piece of woven fabric. A piece of woven fabric. Yeah. Interesting, right. interesting. All right. And uh, Albert Vinzel. It's just a guess. I'm going to say soft and rubbery, like that giant eraser again we had. For some reason, I keep just getting repeat objects. <laughs> All right. Okay. And uh, Ryan? Oh, you know, I see something maybe uh, that burns and has a nice fragrance, something like incense or maybe the wick of an oil lamp. You know, you ha- you always have the most imaginative uh, guesses, but you're always way off the mark. Oh, but- there you go. <laughs> Sorry. All right, let, we're going to go to our Twitter feed, and uh, Young North is going to uh, go through our Twitter feed. What are people guessing, North? Sailor Twift. There's a baseball glove in the box, she says. Okay, a little closer to the mic there, young fella. Okay. okay. A baseball glove? Okay, who's yeah, next? Yeah, baseball glove. Drew says, I'm seeing a teapot lid or another piece of fine china. Okay. Kyle Pacey says, a compass. All right. Wea Elena she says, I see pink scissors for some reason, but also a green cube. A green cube? All right. Daniel S. says, a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. I see a handle and metal. John P. Smith says he sees a, a spiral-bound pocket notebook. A spiral-bound pocket notebook. All right. Clinton Mills says, a photo. Uh, a f- like a photograph. All right. Kevin B. says, it's black, smooth, silver, metal, and plastic. Hmm. All right. 
Anyone else? Adam Sidesworth says, I see a cigar in the box. In I think cigar. Adam always says it's cigar in the box. All right. Time for one or two more. Cappy Delmargo says, I'm seeing something orange, a toy pumpkin perhaps. Okay. One more. Ellie Ito says, I'm seeing a coin. All right. Now, we had someone say something. Thank you, North. Great job, young fella. Uh, we Someone said uh, something plastic and polished steel or something. That was somewhat close. It's a, anyone recognize this? It's a fidget spinner. There we go. Can you hear that? It's a fidget spinner. I don't think anyone was close enough, though. What say you, Ryan, Albert, Ian? It was a black, smooth, silver metal plastic. It's it's pretty close. Hmm. It has some black. It's smooth. It does. It has, it has metal and, and plastic. plastic. You know what? I think, was that Adam? Who was, was that? Kevin B. Kevin B. All right. Kevin, congratulations. We're going to send you out a uh, CD, Strange Planet, Volume 2. Congratulations. And uh, until next week, that's our What's in the Box segment. All right. Uh, Jonathan Kahn will be here in Toronto Wednesday, November the 15th at the Church of the Queensway. That's Wednesday night, November the 15th. Again, go to eventbrite.com to register for tickets. It's free, but you have to register. Saturday night, November the 18th, from 7 to 9 at the City of David Messianic Synagogue. That's 200 Rocco Parkway in Thornhill. And then we have on Sunday morning at 10 and Sunday afternoon at 3.15, Sunday, November the 19th, the Miracle Family Temple. All right. Uh, this is a short segment, Jonathan, but let's just get this conversation started and we'll continue after the break. Now, okay. I wanted to talk about, um, first of all, we should point out that another interesting uh, sort of parallel or paradigm that, uh, that connects uh, Queen Jezebel of Israel, the, the Northern Kingdom, with Hillary Rodham Clinton is that in both cases, after the president leaves office, Bill Clinton leaves office, and after the king is killed, King Ahab killed in battle, both Jezebel and Hillary Rodham Clinton, they don't just leave the scene as per usual. They both kind of linger and hang on there. Yes, and we're going to get the paradigm is going to take Richard's going to take us all the way up to exactly where we are right now. I mean, it's going to be everything, including I mean, including Donald Trump, and it's going to be right where we are right now. But yes, we're going to go through all of that. All right. So the nemesis. Yes. Uh, you have a chapter dedicated to the nemesis, and again, this goes back to King Ahab. Yes. And his nemesis, who was to the east, across the uh, the Jordan River in, mm-hmm. in modern-day Syria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that... Yeah. Le- go ahead. Yeah, what happens is that, that in the... In the reign of Ahab, the man arises, who becomes a threat, becomes a, a nemesis, an arch enemy of the nation. He threatens the nation. He threatens that he's going to invade it, threatens it with destruction. Comes from the east, as you said. He speaks a Semitic tongue, and he, threat, he, he actually gives threats in a Semitic tongue. And actually, the, the paradigm actually gives the parameters of, well, he has a name, but he gives parameters of the modern one. What this would mean is that in the days of Clinton, there will be a man who rises up outside of America and outside of the West, and he is going to be from the East, and he is going to be a threat to the nation. He's going to threaten invasion, and his name is, of course, Ben Laden. And the thing is that in the paradigm, the ancient nemesis, the name also, the, it begin, it, the parameters are B and N. It's Ben in the, the, the Hebrew or the, or the Arabic. It's, it's the same word, Ben. His name begins with that, the ancient one as well. He's going he's gonna to actually, of course, he's going to attack America. And the thing is that but what happens is in the, you read the account of Ahab, and, and actually Ahab, God gives, God gives his enemy into 
the hands of Ahab. Ahab decides to release him, let him go. That's going to bring, the you know, God rebukes Ahab, says now there's going to be calamity in the land. Well, could that be that actually Bill Clinton had the opportunity to, to, to eliminate Bin Laden? And the, the answer is absolutely the uh, 9-11 Commission found out that he, he had the chance to eliminate Bin Laden, and he chose to let him go. It didn't happen once. It happened nine times, which resulted in 9-11. And that, it's going to be very crucial, because the next thing that we're, when we, I don't know, it's when we come back, when we get to, it's, the paradigm is going to get so exact, it's going to give us exact days, dates, that so much so that if we had known it, if I had known it, and I didn't know this until this year, Richard, this is when it came to me, if we had known the paradigm, uh, we could have actually marked in our calendars the future events that, to the day they would happen years in advance. Oh, my. Uh, as we head into the break, just very quickly, how did this come to you? How did you put this all together? It came like just like the Harbinger did, in, in the sense I wasn't looking for it. Actually, Richard, I was, trying to do, I was uh, planning to do a different book. But then in January, the whole thing started coming like a download, just like the, you know, things would come and said, whoa, and they kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I'd be in my bed, and something would come in my mind that said, wait a minute, that can't be. I'd get up, go onto the web, and it would be exactly that. Things would just come to me. It, it was pretty much exactly the way the Harbinger did. And when I needed, like, the next key or the next clue, something, somebody would say a word or something would pop up, and it would turn out to be true. So it came like a download, came within about one to two months at the beginning of the year. Then I told my publisher, they said, well, you got to write this, and you've got 60 days to write it. So I wrote it in 60 days, and then it got, then they quickly edited, and then it just came out now in, in September. So it all happened very quick, but same thing as the Harbinger. It was literally, literally, it was a download. I was the one getting overwhelmed by it before I ever told anybody else. Amazing. The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times. New York Times best-selling author Jonathan Kahn stays with us here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome back. Jonathan Kahn is with us. Uh, I just want a quick programming note. Next week on The Big Show, uh, a near-death experiencer... Uh, John Francis will be with us. He made a breakthrough in consciousness that allowed him uh, to decode the deepest mysteries of life. So we'll talk about the global love conspiracy. That's with uh, John uh, Francis. And then in the second hour, uh, JFK assassination researcher James D. Eugenio uh, makes his return to the program. Of course, that'll just be days after the uh, the release, we hope. Uh, if uh, President Trump sticks to his guns and uh, releases the JFK documents as promised, and the deadline, of course, is October the 26th, and uh, James D. Eugenio will be with us a few days later uh, to discuss that. All right, uh, Jonathan Kahn stays with us. The Paradigm, the Ancient Blueprint that Holds the Mystery of Our Times. Jonathan, how do people get a hold of the book? The Paradigm is everywhere, just came out, is everywhere from Amazon online, any place online, and any bookstore from Walmart to any other place. It's literally everywhere, so you, it, it's hard to miss it. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can get it right now, but it, it's uh, omnipresent, <laughs> you know, pretty much. You know. right. If you want to get in touch with the ministry, um, it's, it's hopeoftheworld.org, and we send out free things all over the place. And, uh, you know, of course, and of course, if any of you, your, your audience is down around New York City, we're right there in Wayne, New Jersey. Excellent. All right, we were talking about uh, the nemesis uh, and how that uh, is sort of the, the prototype for... Uh, bin Laden in modern times, and the nemesis for King Ahab was uh, from Damascus, and this was Ben Habad. Hadad, yes. Hadad. 
Yeah, and it's going to continue, Rich. I mean, it, this is going to go into. I mean, this is going to. This is going to go to to even. It's going to the paradigm. It, it, when we get to it, it even gives the will give the timing the the way that Bin Laden will be assassinated and the timing of it. Um, so it continues and. Um, yeah, and but but also there also the the days of the Clintons, the, well, the days of Ahab and Jezebel weren't just days of apostasy; they were days of scandal. And there's key things about this that gives exact timing. All right, well we have some time. Let's get into some of that timing. Yeah, well one of the all right, so so Ahab and Jezebel they they have a there there is not there is a personal scandal and it's the scandal of Naboth and where they actually they they break you know most of the Ten Commandments to get this vineyard they kill a guy bear false witness and the whole thing and then as Ahab is about to take what doesn't belong to him Elijah the prophet appears in the in the vineyard and pronounces judgment on Ahab exposes his sin well well so the Clinton years it means that therefore the Clinton years would be years not just of of moral or, or of um, you know of, of apostasy or or the a war against values but actually personal scandals so of course there were scandals that's what it was known for. The big one was the Monica Lewinsky scandal. He was actually impeached for it. Now, and also it involved breaking of Ten Commandments and all that. Well, well, the, the thing about it is when Ahab fell, and the, when the scandal took place, and when later on he was actually killed, in a, it was all linked to the tribe of Levi. He broke Ahab broke the law of the Levites, and then he was killed. His reign ends in the in the city of the Levites and all that. So, could it be that a modern presidential scandal? actually could be linked to this ancient tribe of Levi. Well, the name from the name Levi comes the name Levin. From Levin comes Lewin. From Lewin comes Lewinsky. <laughs> the Lewinsky scandal, it literally means the Levite scandal. Wow. It's the same people that's linked to the fall of Ahab, King Ahab. And actually, Monica Lewinsky was actually a Levite. She's actually from the tribe that's linked oh, to the fall of the king. But it, it goes even further. Because the, when this scandal is exposed of Ahab, it happens in the 19th year of his reign. Well, we, we said, when did, when did Clinton come on the national stage? Well, it was 1979. Add 19 years, it takes you to the year 1998. 1998 is the year that the scandal is exposed of the Clinton years. And it actually, if you take it exactly when, he, when Clinton was sworn in in 1979, it leads you to January 1998. January 1998 is the month that the scandal is exposed so i mean and actually it even gets i mean it gets even more so because here's another mystery in the paradigm and that is that that when the the king scandal is exposed uh what happened he the bible tells you how long ahab has he's got three years left until judgment is going to come to him actually the end of his reign the reign is going to come three years after the scandal is exposed well we know when the Clinton years ended. It ended on an exact day. It ended on January 20th, 2001, at the inauguration. So if, what happens if you take the end of the Clinton years, go back three years, could it lead you, could, you know, could, it, could it lead you to the King scandal? Well, if you go back three years, it takes you to January 20th, 1998. January 20th, 1998 is the exact day that evening the scandal breaks forth to the world. And from that day, according to the paradigm, the king or the president will have will have three years. He has three years exactly to the end of the Clinton years. Remarkable, remarkable, Jonathan. I just want to back up for a second because you, you we just kind of glossed over what happened in the vineyard. Did you say there was a murder of a witness? 
Okay, I didn't, but I'm okay, Richard, you brought it up, so let's go there. Okay, there, there's another chapter called the Vineyard, and well, here, well there, there was, and, and well, you're right, you know, I, I didn't get into the detail of this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw this out. Another part of the scandals of the Clinton years, well, well, the, the scandal in Ahab and, and Jezebel involves a piece of land, uh, that is, a, that is acquired illegally, the, the acquiring of it by the King and Queen, well, in the Clinton years you have, you have the, the of course what, you have white water, that's the longest oh. scandal. Oh no! I think it, I know where this is going. You have a you have the the acquisition of that land, which there are questions about it throughout the whole time, and you also have a man that's linked to it. The man in the, in the time of Ahab and Jezebel, his name was Naboth, and he and he ends up being killed. That, well, you have a man named Vince Foster. Now, exactly. I'm not saying I'm not getting into him being killed or not, but the point is, prophetically, it's linked to the Clinton years. And the the chief guy dies. He was linked to Whitewater. He was the he was the keeper of Whitewater, the legal keeper, and the interesting. Another thing about this is that Naboth, his name, you know, a vineyard is a place of fruits. Well, the name Naboth means fruits. So the keeper of the land who, the, who died was named, at, was linked to the land. His name, his name is fruit. Well, Vince Foster, his, you know, actually Whitewater wasn't a, wasn't a vineyard. It was forest land. Vince Foster, the name Foster means keeper of the forest. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Uh, how can how can anyone listen to this and not connect these dots? I mean, this is not mere happenstance. It's it's eerie, like like the Harbinger. It's eerie, except it involves everything. And I don't know if we'll have time on this thing or then we come back, but it's going to get so eerie that it's going to the paradigm is actually going to. This is where I said if you knew it, if I knew it, if you knew it back then, you could have marked your calendar. It's going to give the exact date, even the hour of of really the most pivotal event of our lifetime. We have a, a, a couple minutes here. What, what is the mystery of the mystery of days? Okay, the day here it appears. Here's what happens, and and just tell me if we run out of time. I'll continue in the next one. But here's what happens when when uh, when the king when Ahab goes to the vineyard, Elijah rebukes him, and actually it says the king Ahab repents. Now it doesn't last, but he repents. And so what it says is, is God says that it says because Ahab repented, I'm going to delay the calamity that's going to come on the land because of what he did. He's going to I'm going to delay it, and the delay is again the period is in the Bible. You can look it up. Is three years. So now you have it. You have another paradigm here. And that is from the from the day of the king's repentance until a calamity comes in the land, there will be three years. Well, did Bill Clinton ever repent over the scandal? Well, the, the answer is, well, first he denied it, then he had to confess it, and then finally he did repent. It was at a White House gathering of ministers. He said, listen, I've sinned. This is my repentance. I've sinned against God. I've sinned against man. And it was his repentance. So if you, get, if you take that date when he, he made that, that declaration of repentance, and at, what happens if you add three years, could it lead you to something significant? Take the day, add three years of the paradigm, and it leads you to the exact date of September 11, 2001. Oh, my. The wow. ancient paradigm that, that from the king's repentance will be three years to the day calamity comes on the nation. And Richard even gets even more exact, because when... Did this repentance happen? It happened in the morning. So it le- three years leads you to the morning of September 11th, exactly when it happens. And, and, and the White House event, the 
begins at 8.30 in the morning. So that leads you three years later to 8.30, the hour of 8.30, 9.11. Well, 8.30 marks the hour that 9.11 begins. Actually begins a, f- a number of minutes after that. And it was between 9 and 10 o'clock that Clinton made his repentance. Well, 9 and 10 o'clock is the peak of 9.11. Then the White House event ends at exactly 10.30. Could that contain 9.11? Well, three years later... The last event of 9-11 is the fall of the North Tower, happens at 10:29, and then comes 10:30, the end of the event. This is down to the day, to the hour, to the minute, where again, where, I mean, this is when nobody knew it, not even Bin Laden knew it back then, not the Pentagon, but if we had known God's paradigm, you could have charted it years in advance down to the hour. When, you, when you're putting this together, you're getting up in the middle of the night, you're going yes. to the computer to check it out, I mean, you, you must have just been getting chills up and down. And that's, yes, and, and, and Richard, that's exactly how that, what I just shared with you right now, actually the last two things, happened in the middle of the night, I'm on my bed, it came to me, it came to me on my bed, I had no idea if it was true. I got up, go, went, went, went to open up the bathroom, put, you put my laptop there when my wife is sleeping, I start typing it in, and it's exactly that, I was blown, blown away. I want you to check this out sometime. Did King Ahab ever say, it depends on what the meaning of is, is? (laughs) In a sense, he did. (laughs) All right, we'll come back. The Paradigm with Jonathan Kahn. Stay with us on The Conspiracy Show. 